As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, it's the Civilized Barking Podcast. It's been such a long week that I had a pause there because I legit had to think about what podcast it was, what day it was, what we're going to talk about. Um, Zach Jackson, it's going to be just me. Uh, We'll talk a little Bengals, but um, we'll talk about the circus of the week. So I I just thought that um, throwing out the call for questions, hashtag asking Jackson, would be the best best way to approach this um, as long as my brain holds up. I'll ramble through some things. I promise we'll talk a little football and a little Bengals before we talk about the Odell Baker, um, everything circus as well. So um, let, let's start with with football. The Browns are 4-4, four and four and they're right in it. Now, you know they've only won one of their last four. You know they only scored 41 points in a three-game homestand. Um, the defense has, has been inconsistent. The offense lately has been bad, right? And, um, you know, then Tuesday brought Odell Sr. posting the video. And <laughs> I've been humming Everybody Hurts in my head. I hadn't heard that song since I was, like, in high school. And, yeah. Um, so the Browns chose to handle it by telling Odell Jr. to stay home on Wednesday. Um, all Kevin Stefanski would say on the record was that Andrew Barry and Odell's reps were talking. So let, let's um, go through that. And again, this could change, and maybe this podcast will never make it to air. So um, it's Thursday morning because, frankly, that's when we aim to to record these. Um, it's just the situation that we're in that before I go to Bria, we like to get this knocked out so we can have this for you. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, likely this ends in the Browns releasing Odell Beckham. Uh he gets his money either way. He's still owed a little more than $8 million in guaranteed money for this year. There's no dead money passed this year. No guarantees, no dead money that the Browns would incur on the cap. If he's released uh, because it's after the trade deadline, he would be subject to waivers. Uh, he would likely pass through waivers because of that money, because of the shoulder and possibly the knee, um, and, and because his long reputation is being a pain in the ass, right? If and when he passed through waivers 24 hours after his release, 4 o'clock the following day, basically, um, if you don't want to count exact hours, 
he would become a free agent, at which point teams would be free to negotiate with him and what they would think about a one-year deal, um, a multi-year deal, possibly waiving the physical, bringing him in the locker room. I don't know. Um, I'm going to write more about this when, when it's resolved. I'm prepared to say I was wrong um, on a lot of fronts. I, I Clearly, Odell Beckham Jr. is high maintenance. Clearly, he's a non-football celebrity. Um, you know, clearly the stuff follows. He's a magnet for stuff, right? For, from what I know, from what I saw and what I was told, I did not think he was a bad teammate. I think Baker kind of made that clear when he talked, which I'm sure you guys followed along via Twitter or the team website or radio, whatever it may be. Uh, he's always struck me as a smart guy who understood um, his position, you know, who gave thoughtful answers, went out of his way to be a good teammate. And I thought he came off as genuine in saying um, that he just wanted to win, that he understood for various reasons that a lot of his personal goals and things had gone a different way and that he wanted to get back and win. You know, what changed? When did it change? I don't know. Um were there clearly some missed opportunities? And, and again, that 11-minute YouTube video, which will live in infamy with Kyle Shanahan's PowerPoint and Johnny Manziel's geotagging and Justin Gilbert just not liking football <laughs> and all that shit that you guys have all lived through, right? Um, you know, that doesn't tell the whole story. Um, he's been open a lot. They've thrown to him, and he's not caught it. It has never clicked for whatever reason, reasons with Baker Mayfield and Odell. Um, it's clicked for a week. It's clicked for a series. It's clicked for a play. It's never fully clicked, right? Um, the accusation that Baker's intentionally not getting it to Odell, that's ludicrous. Baker addressed that. Um, the fact is the Browns pass offense is broken. The quarterback is playing hurt. The quarterback is not playing well. Um, this is a team that lacks a bread and butter play. It's lacked a receiver that's really scared the defense. And we've seen it maybe a little from Odell in Minnesota. They didn't get him the ball. We've seen it maybe a little from Donovan Peoples-Jones in terms of scaring the defense. Um, you know, he got hurt. He missed the last two games. Jarvis Landry has long been the go-to guy, the security blanket, the chain mover. He picked a bad time to have a bad day in the fourth quarter last week. And frankly, guys, this isn't high school football. You're not holding teams to 120 yards. And three points, you're going to give up something. And most defenses are going to be more than content to give up eight-yard passes. So um, it feels like this was completely calculated by Team Beckham on the trade deadline. It feels like, and again, what exactly it was, when it was, who it involved, that there was a breaking point, and they wanted out. There's better ways to handle it. Odell Sr. and Jr. both come off as jackasses, as selfish, and the Browns look like a clown show. So... If we take a step back, it's probably a lot of blame to go around. It's probably not as bad as it seems. And I'll just say this. The two seasons that Baker Mayfield has had that have been good seasons, he got hot in the second half of the year. We've seen Kevin Stefanski call and direct and work with Baker and guys on an offense that finds its groove. Um, you know, the Browns just don't have an identity. They've struggled to run. They've had guys hurt. Their identity is supposed to be a go-for-it-on-fourth-down team. They don't do it. Um, Baker's clearly afraid to throw an interception. That's part of their identity. Does that work against you? I don't know. Part of their identity is supposed to be get the quarterback out of the pocket 
attack with the bootlegs and the play action stuff, that's non-existent. Their defense is taken away. Will they not do it because the quarterback's playing hurt? Or can they just not complete anything other than the four passes they're completing? I don't know. But anyway, back to Odell. So the Browns could cut him. The Browns could go to him and say, for your release, you're going to give some money back. Um, By law of the CBA, the Browns cannot just keep him inactive. However, enforcing that and getting it to a point, specifically because he has an injury, would be tough. So the Browns can drag their feet. Um, Again, you know, there could be a resolution in minutes, and you'll never hear this, or this part will be irrelevant. There could be a resolution in a day. Uh, There's likely to be, I think, some resolution within a day to six days, but I don't know. Um, People have said just put him on IR. Well, I think there would be an immediate grievance or it would be IR injury settlement and he'd be free in a week or two anyway, or maybe in a day, Um, just like he would be. You know, people have said, um, you know, suspend him for conduct detrimental. (laughs) That will never hold up. His dad posting a video on Instagram is not going to hold up in any charge of conduct detrimental. So the likely resolution, and maybe the smart resolution, is cut him and move on. If he ends up somewhere else, well, is he going to catch? Is he going to produce? Is he going to be a good soldier? I don't know. Uh, The Browns were always cutting ties after the season. Um, You know, the the Browns look – I think Odell and his dad look the worst here. Uh, Obviously, it's a bad look for the Browns because nobody's talking about the Browns. Nobody's talking about that Nick Chubb could still win the rushing title. Nobody's talking about Miles Garrett being defensive player of the year. Nobody's talking about, okay, the Browns just had a really bad month, but they got nine games and two and a half months left, and they could still – all their goals are still in front of them. Now they don't – they look 100 miles from being a Super Bowl team. But as far as getting back to the playoffs, finding themselves, reestablishing that identity, showing some leadership, being adults, like that's why this is such a bad look. Because the Browns just look like children. And and it's not on Barry and Stefanski. They look like the saviors. They probably are the saviors. They absolutely know what they're doing from where I sit. But this is just bad, and it just feels like old Browns. So sometimes it takes a long way to shake away that stink. And the only way you're going to shake away that stink is to be adults, is to embrace expectations, not run from them or temper from them, and then ultimately win. And that's what it comes down to. And again, Baker said this too. Like, this is frustration coming out because we haven't played well. And there's so much blame to go around for that. And, and and I've been adamant. The quarterback play has been terrible. The wide receiver play has probably been worse. And the play calling hasn't helped. <laughs> do all those three work together? Do they each drag each other down? Sure. So, again, that, that's that's where that is. Um, I could keep talking. We'll see. Um, it's just not your day when Jarvis Landry lets you down. He's Mr. Reliable. But, you know, it's it's the larger issues of you're struggling to score. Teams are ganging up on the run. Teams have no reason to respect the vertical pass. And then this all comes out. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner StubHub 
has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Um, some questions. Asking Jackson, can this year's struggles be attributed to no Sandejo? Great question, Adam. I tip my cap to you. Uh, question from Brian. Why has Stefanski seemingly abandoned the play action bootlegs and rollouts that Baker excels at? Is Baker too injured to do that? If Baker is too injured to do that, should he really be playing? Brian, you, your second question is an extremely valid one that I, I say, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, if, if he's too injured to do that, he should not be playing. If he's too injured to sneak on fourth down and, and half a yard, he should not be playing. Um, you know, he says that that the defense has taken away those bootlegs. And I see it too. I see it in the defensive ends and in how they're doing, but I, I think it's more, they have to protect the quarterback. And probably in that case, the quarterback should not uh, be playing scrolling here to more uh, question from Andy. I remember when we were all wondering if Freddie or buddy boy would be leaving. Uh, if the answer ended up being both, do you think that ultimately within a year be the outcome with OBJ and Baker? OBJ has played his last down with the Browns. Um, we'll see what happens with Baker, and I'm not going to get into that until January. Uh, I think the Browns will explore quarterback options. I think the Browns absolutely need to explore quarterback options. I think it's probably a long shot at this point, but but this is, again, November 3rd or 4th or whatever the hell day it is. I don't know. Uh, and the season doesn't end until January 9th, and, and we'll see where um, that goes. Billy asks, do you believe the offense is truly in a 20-yard box? Yes, it is. Uh, is that a personnel issue or a Stefanski issue? Probably both, but somewhat a personnel issue. Should Baker be throwing 35 times a game? No, and especially not from the pocket. He's not a pocket quarterback. That's not who he is. That's not who the Browns are supposed to be. Um, it's bad. Question from Doug, how many yards receiving does OBJ get on December 19th and for which team? That's when the Raiders visit the Browns. It might be December 18th. Doug, we'll see. I don't know if it would be the Raiders. Um if he became free, I think the Raiders would be interested. I think the Ravens would be interested. I think a lot of teams would be interested. How it works out, I don't know. Um, and this is the question when I scanned it, I wanted to make sure that we got to here. It's from Joshua, longtime listener, um, pretty frequent call, caller to the show. Joshua asks, if we miss the playoffs, I can't bring myself to be really bummed about it. The reason being is that I'm confident if we fall short, A.B. and Stefanski will learn what needs to change, then we'll go and make the change. Progression often isn't linear. Am I being naive? Joshua, I think you're being realistic. I think you are being a little bit naive. Uh, this is the NFL. Windows don't stay open for long. It's a super competitive league. And even though it's two different regimes and two totally different circumstances, if the Browns fail to make the playoffs this year, and if the season is remembered as one of drama and immaturity and not being ready for the big stage, that will make two out of three, and that will follow you. Now, um, does outside stuff following you really matter in this league? I don't know. Do I agree that progression often isn't linear? In many ways, yes. Uh, but this team loaded up because they thought they were ready. And last year they went 11-5. and five. They won a playoff game for the first time in a long time. They, they buried a lot of demons, and they got to the AFC's Final Four. They brought back the entire offense from that team and spent significant resources to upgrade the defense. They opened up 
uh, in the national TV window at Kansas City and did everything but bury the team that's won three straight AFC titles, right? Um, the, there are not many rosters, and, and you know some people will argue that saying the Browns were fifth or eighth best roster was lofty and it was more like the eighth or twelfth, but they're supposed to win now. So, yes, can I say if this continues to go poorly or even if it just ends in, say, like the wild card game or 10-7 and seven and just missing the playoffs – um, that it wasn't that it's only the second year of the program, and the Browns now have much more in terms of evaluation points, in terms of knowing who's on board, in terms of knowing who's really smart, tough, accountable. Yes, but the thing with progression not being linear is you just you can't assume things, right? And again, if this team wasn't in, you know, on this year, Jadavian Clowney wouldn't be here. They wouldn't have had voidable years on the contracts of Malik Jackson and Troy Hill and Clowney. They probably wouldn't give David Njoku $6 million to occasionally catch a pass, right? Uh, They probably wouldn't have stuck with OBJ, although they didn't have many options there. Um, Yeah, so, you know, disappointment will linger, and you can remake it. Um, They built this offense feeling like that they could, you know, not necessarily pick up in fourth gear, but they certainly weren't going to be starting in first gear again, and that fifth gear and super turbo gear was possible. Uh, for many reasons, and injuries are a part of it, this offense has been stuck in second gear, and it's been bad. And uh, the reality is your quarterback is is far from the top tier. And the reality is when you watch the top-tier quarterbacks because you've played against them, um, every pass is just so much better and so much less of an adventure than, than he throws. And both your running backs, um, who are supposed to be the identity and the bread and butter and all those things that are lacking, you know, have gotten injured, so you see that that doesn't last long. It's still a really good offensive line. It has not played at the level that it played at. So, yeah, Josh, I think you can be realistic about it. I think you can be big picture about it. I think you can be optimistic. The smart decisions and smart players and smart guys running the team can keep you on the track and keep the prog- get the progression going. Uh, but I also think you can say that, man, it's just disappointing if you're not close and that tough, tough decisions lie ahead. And and I think Stefanski and Barry have done mostly a great job. Nobody's going to be perfect in play calling or drafting or signing players or anything. And I think the Browns are, are in good hands, right? But they have not made any crazy decisions. Jack Conklin was the top available right tackle. They paid him a lot of money. Austin Hooper was the top available tight end. They played him a lot of money and he's a blocking tight end. Um, they don't know who their quarterback's going to be if they want to be a Super Bowl team. They just don't. They remade the defensive line, and they're seeing really good flashes, and they tried to get better people around Miles, and Miles is playing awesome. You know, what's the future of Clowney and Tack McKinley? You know, is JOK going to be healthy and continue to rise? We, we don't know this. Can you give Denzel Ward $50 million with his injury history? We don't know this. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of ways to say, okay, you know, the, the Browns are in pretty good shape. And I think there's a lot of ways to say it's not trending well right now, and let's just revisit it in a few weeks. Um, Question from Landon about OBJ, and he calls it a petty attempt. Okay, does the plan to reserve a roster spot and pay him to literally not be a part of the team feel like a petty attempt to humiliate OBJ? Landon, I mean, we don't know that that's the plan. And and like I said, by letter of the law, that would not last for long. So, um, you know, I, I just don't know how to answer that. And and given the fact that it could change in an hour, I don't want to spend too much time 
on that. Question from Spence. The AFC is open as it's ever been. I would say these Browns are at their rock bottom right now competitively and locker roomy, but a couple wins could honestly put them firmly back in playoff contention. Correct. His question, do you see this team riding the ship? I don't, but you make fair points. You make strong points. And like these are playoff games, right? Losing to the Steelers at home in their high school offense and their fat old quarterback is inexcusable, and it's awful. And it probably didn't happen by accident, given all that's going on. But you get to go play the Bengals. You get to go play the Patriots. Then you have your one gimme that's left on the schedule against the Lions. Like, they could right the ship in a hurry. They're only a game and a half out of the division. And if you are playing well by end of November, that's when you want to be playing well because that's when you come to that double with the Ravens and the chance to go in and, and prove you're legit by winning in Baltimore on Sunday night football. So it is all right there. And we will just see how it goes. You know, as for the Bengals, they had their biggest win in the franchise's biggest win in 15 years. Followed it up with the hangover game. They lost to Mike White, a dink and dunk quarterback. Uh, they didn't tackle. They didn't execute. They kind of fell apart. Um, you know, the Bengals are, are playing better. The offensive line is better. The receiving core is outstanding. Joe Burrow is what a number one quarterback is supposed to look like and play like. And and we'll see. Uh, can the Browns win this game? Sure. The Browns can run the ball. The Browns can throw short passes. And maybe this is the galvanizing force that the Browns need for four quarters of a huge effort, which would change everything. So we'll get out of here on that note. Um, It's bad. It's been bad. It's laughable. It's uncertain. It's all of those things. There's a game on Sunday the Browns can win. The Browns have really good players. The Browns are not scared of the Bengals. And if there's a focused, galvanizing, sharp effort that includes knowing who you're supposed to be, running the ball, going for it, forcing some turnovers, abusing that O-line. Yes, the Browns can win. Shoot, I I mean, the line's gone from Bengals minus three to Bengals one. I think the Browns can win. A lot of people do. We'll see what happens. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, stand by Twitter, the athletic app, all that stuff. We'll see what happens. You've been through this before. You'll be fine. And we'll see what happens with the state of the team. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.